0: Look at the first six verses. If you have your Bibles, Second Corinthians chapter number four, verse number one says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's look at verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That's the reading of Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 and verse 16, if correctly read. From verses 1 and 16, there's a statement there, a little phrase that says, we faint not. And I believe God would have us to be interested in that thought this morning. Let's pray real quick. Help us, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I was listening this last week to uh, Brother Percy Ray who was preaching when I fell under conviction and I got saved. And Brother Percy, I don't know how I got that recording. I've not been able to, it's just unbelievable. He was talking about some of the hardships, the difficulties, the sufferings of the ministry that he himself endured. He specifically named places and times and situations and needs and the 1930s and the 1940s and the 1950s and into the 60s and the 70s. And I'm telling you, he just began to share how God ever overcame each and every one of those situations. And it just got me to puzzlement in my mind and to reading the scripture. And Paul begins to write to us about this Corinthian church. Now the church at Corinth is very special to Paul. The city of Corinth was a very very wicked place in Acts chapter 18 God told Paul to go and preach there and Paul began a church in that very place in fact that church being birthed there they were so enriched with the blessings of God the scripture says they came not behind in any gift in other words they were blessed and highly favored but disagreement defilement and division crept into the church. In 1 Corinthians 3, some would say, I am of Apollos. Some would say, I am of Paul, and division mounted within the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I see carnality, envy, and jealousy in the church. In chapter 5, immorality in the church. In chapter 6, they begin to take each other back and forth to court. Amen. God help us. They begin to cause one another to stumble. They offended one another and began to lose their purpose. All these things creeping into the church in chapters 8 and 9. By the time you get to chapters 12 through 14, they begin to struggle with what the gifts of the Holy Spirit were. There was confusion about the resurrection. And Paul wrote a very hard, difficult letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians. So much so, he was setting things straight. And by 2 Corinthians, he's kind of feeling bad for some of the things that he had to say. Now, you may not ever get in that predicament, but oftentimes after I preach one message, I go out here and get in my little car and go to the house and I have warfare with the flesh and maybe with another enemy the old devil who tries to get in my head and says, Boy, you shouldn't have preached that today. You really messed your people up today. They really didn't, they need to be encouraged. They didn't need to hear that. Now, Paul, by 2 Corinthians, is in jail. And they're constantly coming to see him. They're attacking him. They're attacking things in the church. And there's no doubt he is weary from being in jail. He is weary from the pressures in that church. He's weary from having to write a hard letter. There's a lot of discouragement in his life. And verse 1 reads again, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Paul said, I'm in jail, but I'm not going to quit. All he was there for was preaching the gospel. Paul said, I'm being persecuted. I have a messenger of Satan persecuting me. But I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. And I'm not going to give out. I'm pressing on and I'm going forward. Many of you are having troubles. I've encountered some of you already today. You begin to share with me things in the last six weeks. Things in the last month. Things in the last week. Troubles, problems. And, and I've, heard, I've heard this statement. Not from these that I've talked to this morning. But I've heard this statement in years gone by when trouble comes. Pastor, I'm not going to quit. But the problem is you're in the midst of feigning right now. Me too. God spoke to me and said, you're in the midst of fainting. Get up, boy. I want us to see three things. Number one, there is a marvelous ministry God says to this church and to Paul, Therefore, seeing we have received this ministry, Bethel, you're a marvelous church. God bless you for sticking with the old time way, staying with the old paths. I love the Bible that we use. I love the songs that we sing. I love the people that attend this fellowship. You may say, oh, Lord, here we go. He says he loves us. Here we go. (laughs) Paul knew that that church at Corinth was phenomenal. They were an incredible church. And God gave him the responsibility to preach the gospel to them. And he's not going to quit. It reminds me of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was thrown in a prison cell down in the dungeon in the darkness And was forgotten about. This is what Jeremiah said in the midst of fainting. For those of you that said, I would not be in the midst of fainting, Jeremiah was. He said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more his name. What he's saying is, I quit. I'm depressed. I'm despondent. I'm discouraged. I'm in despair. Preacher Dan, ever since COVID, man, things have been cycling completely out of shape in my life. Jeremiah's going through hardships, trials, troubles, but this is what he said. I'm quitting, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Paul says... In verse 1, therefore, we seeing we receive this ministry, I said it's a marvelous, phenomenal, incredible ministry. As we have received mercy. He's talking about some supernatural assistance. The mercy of God. God whew, has been merciful to us, church. So merciful. Paul said, I'm not quitting. Because of the mercy of God. Think about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, they were getting ready to be captured, going into bondage. And he was getting ready to drink wormwood and gall. He had a bitter spirit. about. I've never seen a people that I live amongst so bitter and angry at just anything and everything. Have you ever seen the like? And Jeremiah was getting ready to drink the bitterness. And he says in Lamentations chapter 3, Verse 22, that the Lord's mercies are new every day. (laughs) Every morning, every day, His mercy is new to you and me. So put yesterday behind you and know as we get up this morning, as we have received mercy, we faint not. God's been good to His church. Verse 2, Paul says, we have renounced. Now, I'm going to say this. The quickest way to faint is to get involved in sin. Paul said, "I'm renouncing some things. I'm not going to get into things that are dishonest. I'm not going to get into craftiness. I'm not going to handle the word of God deceitfully. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to commend my own ministry." Here's what he said: "I'm committing to honesty. I am consecrated from heresy." I'm going to be controlled by humility. Why? Because God has given us a marvelous ministry. Number two, in verses three and four, it makes me think about a meddling manipulator. The Bible says in verse three, If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now, who is the God of this world? It's the devil. He's attempting to hinder and to stop the gospel. He is interrupting our lives. He is interfering with the king's business. He is tiresome and he's harassing us and he's aggravating us. And I'll just say, bless God, I'm sick of him and I'm tired of him and I'm not going to give him a saddle to ride my back with. The devil wants to reign, rule, and run this world. And he wants to destroy you. And he wants to devour you. Your marriage is under attack. Your children in your home is under attack. The church of the today in which we live, it is under attack. Lord God, we need to see who's behind these things. Yes, we have trouble. Yes, we have problems. And every one of those issues that are coming at us are from the devil. But remember, God is the one who's allowed them. The devil couldn't do anything to you that God didn't allow. So God's allowing you to go through some troubles and some trials and some problems and some difficulties and some hardships to test you. And to try you, so as we've received mercy, we faint not. I'm not giving in to a meddling, a manipulator. This morning, the devil uses two procedures. He's trying to block, and he is trying to blind. That's what he's trying to do today. Number three, and I'll be done. When I read verses five and six, I am reminded of a magnificent message. Paul says we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus sake. What is our message today? It's Jesus. It's a powerful message. It's a life changing message. It's an illuminating message. Honey it will alter things from here on out if you will receive the message of Jesus Christ. The death Burial and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I begin to think about the Calvary perspective, the message of Jesus, and I begin to think about the Christian position. Look at verse six: For God, who commanded the darkness, uh, the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give light to the knowledge of the glory of God. And of the, in the face of Jesus Christ. What about that? Look at verse 7. We have this treasure. What is this treasure? Light out of darkness. What is this treasure? Jesus Christ. The glory of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What do you think he's talking about? Earthen vessels. You, your body. Today, you have a treasure in an earthen vessel. It is the light. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. His presence. I feel that. Woo! I feel it stirring. His power. Woo! Now look with me. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now I'm thinking about these troubles and these hardships and these trials that we are experiencing. And I started reading in Judges chapter 7 at Gideon and how he had this great big army. And God said, you got too many with you. Well, Lord, we're already outnumbered, five to one, whatever it was. He said, cut them down. I'm going to cut them for you. Tell those that's afraid to go to the house. Gideon said, they're not afraid. I mean, these are warriors. These, these These are mighty men. But everyone that's afraid, you can go home. You're afraid of COVID, go home, you're afraid, go home. And he was left with very 10,000 out of an army uh, that was huge. God said, you still have too many. 10,000 to 150,000 were outnumbered and we have too many. Let me cut them again, see how they drink water. Those that keep their head up, keep them, but those that put their head down, Get rid of them. They don't have their heads lifted up. They're not looking for the enemy. They're suspect to attack. Get rid of them. Gideon was left with 300 men to fight 150-some thousand Midianites. God said, here's your battle plan. I want you to take a trumpet in your hand, and I want you to take a pitcher in your other hand. It's an earthen vessel, and inside that pitcher is going to be a lamp. Let it be burning. And when I say so, I want you to blow the trumpet. I want you to break the pitcher and let the light shine that's inside the broken pitcher. And when Gideon said, boys, this is the battle plan, they stood in them woods on the top of them hills. They blew that trumpet. They broke them pitchers. They came running down that mountain. And the Midianites were scared absolutely to death. And I'm telling you, Gideon received a great victory. Paul, I believe, is thinking about those truths from that lesson as he writes this by the Holy Ghost. You have a treasure in an earthen vessel and to let the light shine that's in your earthen vessel, you must be broken at times. Hardships, he's breaking you. Problems, he's breaking you. Distress, trouble, persecution, people turn against you, he's breaking you. Sickness, cancers, loss of loved ones, he's breaking you. And through these things, Paul said, we faint not. Because in this time, the excellency of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, is going to shine through my trouble and through my brokenness to a lost and dying world. Ooh, look at verse number eight. Paul says, we are troubled on every side. Y'all, he has troubles pressing, closing in on him on every side. He's caught in the middle and all the walls are just boxing him in We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He says, I may be pressed, but I'm not crushed. You see, the Lord's allowed me to be pressed, but He won't allow me to be crushed. Read on. We are perplexed. That means a narrow, tight place, and there's no way out. Uh, This phrase comes to mind. Man, I am at my wit's end. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm at the end of my rope. That's what Paul is saying. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. (laughs) We may be hemmed in, but I still have hope. And I still have Jesus, and we faint not. Verse 9, persecuted. That word means hunted down like a prey uh, with adversity. And affliction following him, seeking his life on every hand. He said, I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. I may be hunted, but I have a hiding place. And his name is Jesus Christ. He says, I am cast down. What does that mean? To be thrown down, forgot about, uh, struck down, beaten to the earth. Paul says, what I'm going through is like an angry mob rushing over me. He says, I'm cast down, comma, but not destroyed. What he's saying is, what's happening to me may bend me, but it's not broken me. <laughs> we faint not. Honey, the disappointment and the troubles and the trials, you need to say right now, "Oh, praise God. I'm still breathing. Praise God. I'm still blessed and highly favored. Praise God. The Lord must have Thought enough of me to allow me to endure this problem, and I'm not going to fail him as I've received mercy and as I've received blessing. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to praise him the more. I'm going to pray the more. I'm going to read. There's nothing like trouble to make you pray more. I'm going to get closer to him than I've ever been before. I say, We thank not. God is allowing us to go through this. Amen. To allow his light to shine. What is it you're praying for? Is it a son? Is it a daughter? Is it a husband? Is it a wife? Is it a mother? A father? A brother? A sister? Is it a sickness? A trial? A misunderstanding? Something you can't, uh, maybe you can't solve it. It's a problem. There's a need in your life. Don't stop praying. Don't lose heart with this. Keep bringing your petition to God. There's a little boy. He uh, he writes a letter. He's really in need of a hundred dollars, and he gets an envelope, and he writes, addresses it to God, and he puts in his request and puts it in the mailbox. And the mail carrier picked it up and took it back to the main post office. And somehow it got sent to the president. It was addressed to God and it got sent to the president in Washington. Not our current president. Not even the last president. Not even the one before him. Clinton was in office. And Clinton was amused and impressed with this young man that would write to God requesting a hundred dollars. And so he said, well, to a little boy, five dollars would be a lot of money. And so let's send him five dollars. And they sent five dollars back to him. And the little boy was, woo, this is wonderful. So he writes back to God and puts it in the mailbox to send it back to him. He said, dear God, I requested $100, and I thank you for sending it to me. But somehow it got rerouted to those knotheads in Washington, D.C., and they took $95 of my money out. (laughs) Amen? Sometimes we have troubles and trials, honey. But when we really go to God, amen, He will give us what it is that we need. We do not need to faint. I want to say this this morning. Raise your hand this morning. If you got saved, not the first time you heard the gospel, but maybe the second or fourth or fifth time or tenth time you heard the gospel. Look how many. Put your hands down. Aren't you glad that whoever was preaching to you didn't quit? Boy, I'm glad son Percy didn't quit. I was listening to them difficulties Percy had. Man, he could have quit at any point in time. Lost his voice, given up, his church turned their backs on him. I'm telling you, people tried to vote him out of the association. Man, he's had so much hardships and difficulties, but honey, he didn't quit. Thank God he stayed with it. And God let the light of Jesus Christ shine through his brokenness. And it got a hold of me. And it changed me. And it changed my whole family. Aren't you thankful this morning? There's been some people who didn't quit. I was reading about Columbus. I don't really care how you feel about him. I'm not trying to be politically correct. And I'm not trying to be woke. When Columbus was trying to sail for the Americas and looking for new land, his crew, not finding any land day after day, were ready to have a mutiny on their hands. They were ready to kill him. He begged them. He said, let's wait. Let's pray and wait three days. And in three days, if we've not seen land, we'll turn around and head for home. And these were from his ship's logs. Today we sailed Still no land in sight, but we sailed on. Day two, today we sailed again. Still no land in sight, but we sailed on. Day three, we continued sailing. No land in sight until suddenly, land ahoy. (laughs) Honey, I'm telling you, you need to sail on for heaven. We may not have it just in sight yet, physically speaking. But I'm telling you, we sail on. You keep sailing. You keep getting in that boat. You keep going with Jesus every mile, every wave, whatever comes to your lot. I'm telling you, you stay with Jesus. You'll reach the shore one day and you'll be glad that you decided, we faint not. I'm talking to somebody in your marriage. You need to stand up as a husband and say, I'm not quitting on this. As a wife, you need to say, I'm not quitting on this. I'm telling you as, as the, the head of your household, I'm not quitting. You got a problem? You're not quitting on this. You're going to continue praying. You're going to keep serving. You're going to get more faithful than you've ever been faithful. You're going to sing like you've never sung. You're going to serve like you've never served. Honey, we sail on. We faint not. Yeah, I wish I could run. Yes, there's hardships. Yes, there's problems. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's struggles. Yes, my back hurts. But we sail on. Amen. We're not quitting, Amen. You stand to your feet this morning. Maybe there's somebody you feel the need this morning. You say, preacher, down on to keep my sails up. I'm going to continue preaching. I'm going to keep witnessing. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm telling you, preacher here, and I'm praying for Bethel Church that she won't be satisfied with where she is. I pray she'll sell on. I pray she won't grow weary and discouraged. And Lord, help us, God. Lord, you've been so good to us. We've received mercy, mercy, mercy. He's been so good to his church. father and our God Lord as we bow before you Lord we read about the hardships that Paul endured we heard about the hardships that brother Percy went through Lord I read this week about Jeremiah and his struggles and Lord I think about how Jesus who had committed no sin how he was placed upon a cross to bleed and die in their place And how he suffered. But he didn't faint. (laughs) He didn't quit. On that first day of the week, up from the grave, Jesus arose. Because he has power. And Lord, all power is given to Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today, Father, you would help us. God, we do. We're humans, we do get discouraged. We do voice our frustrations. God, would you forgive us? God, would you help us, Lord? God, we today, as we've received mercy, we faint not. I read that verse, number 16, in Second Corinthians chapter 4. And Lord, I think how it says, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward men perish... Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Lord, that inward man, Lord, is going to have victory. And I pray, God, you touch us and help us, Lord, in the midst of our struggles. And with this, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Bible says the next verse, verse 17 for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at things which are seen but at things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are Eternal. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of God today. Please remember service this evening will be held at 6 o'clock. For those of you that are tuned in online, thank y'all for tuning in. I pray that you would share the message with somebody else that might be discouraged. Maybe they might get some understanding for what they're going through. You share it with them. I'm challenging you folks here at church too. I'm telling you, when you get down and out, The devil tried to put you in a corner and you think you've got nobody to help you. But I would remind you, honey, that Jesus is in your corner. (laughs) And he's able to overcome whatever that you are enduring and experiencing this hour. And honey, he's gonna give you life-changing, life-altering power. And he's gonna answer those prayer requests in ways you've never seen possible. Just hold on, sell on, faint not. And what?